0: I wouldn't know personally the weight of being a mom, but I tell you, being able to see my mom uh, and the struggles that she's gone through in life. My dad passed away at, at a young age, so there's a difficulty that goes along with that. And as a mom, trying to make sense out of everything that's around you, and, and you know, and, and you live in this this mindset that I have to do everything for my kids. I have to do everything. And you're trying to meet certain kind of expectations for people. And, and this can be so physically draining, so emotionally draining, trying to do everything you can to meet everyone's expectations and your own expectations that you place upon yourself. And then you get to those moments where you, you get to a place of despair because you begin to evaluate everything you've done your kids and all your loved ones and then you're like did I do good enough and you begin to find your value and your significance and how well your kids have grown up and if your kids did good you feel good about yourself but if your kids are not doing good you begin to beat yourself down and you begin to say did I do good enough and see and you can live in this roller coaster of a ride and never truly be experienced in peace. Imagine the weight that you can carry though. The weight that you can carry to feel that maybe I didn't do enough. And so as a mom, the responsibility that you have is It's difficult. You, you're, you're trying to tend to your children. You're going out of your way. If someone is sick, you know, you're going out of your way for them. You got all kind of remedies that you're trying to help out your children with. And even as they get older, there's still this attachment to them. You know, as fathers, we, you know, we have a hard time understanding that. But, but moms, you, know, you, you carried the child you know, for almost nine months. They're part of you. So trying to understand all of this, and in those moments of, like, everything's falling apart, those moments when you feel your heart weighing down, those moments where you see that, like, you're running out of patience, maybe for your kids or your spouse, but your job, I mean, all kind of demands, and and you could already imagine. Nervous breakdown, maybe emotionally I- erupting like a volcano. And those that are close to you get to hear the intensity of what's going on inside. And and little do you know, but your circumstances all of a sudden expose the chaos that's already in the heart. And you're trying to keep it together for your kids. You're trying to keep it together for, for your spouse. And you're trying to keep it together. And what do you do in those moments? And I'm telling you, the enemy, man, he slides in, and he begins to tell you how bad of a mommy you are and all kind of stuff, and and easily we can begin to believe those kind of lies because the enemy, man, he's called the father of lies. But so what I want to draw our attention to is that in the midst of difficulty, where where you feel like everything is out of your control, God meets you there. He will not wait for you to get it together. He will meet you there. And so that is what I want to encourage you with today, as you can turn with me to the Gospel of John chapter 19. The Gospel of John chapter 19, and we will read verse 25 to 30. Let me build up the context of what's taking place here. So now, Jesus has already been taken by, by the Roman officials and the soldiers, and they've been beating them. They've been torturing him, mistreating Jesus, and now they, they've nailed Jesus to the cross. So here is Jesus being nailed to the cross, and follow with me, because for any one of us to see someone being treated that way is going to bear a weight on you. But now imagine a mom, the mother of Jesus here. You know, I heard one time someone say that children are not supposed to bury the parents. It's the parents that's supposed, I mean, it's the parents that's supposed to, the parents not supposed to bury the children. Is the children not bury the parents. There you go. And so I started to think on that because I'm like, you could imagine then the hurt that a parent would have as they bury their children. And here goes Mary the mother of Jesus. Follow with me because this is very, very important. Mary right now is seeing her son being slaughtered. She's seeing her son being mistreated. She's seeing her son being tormented. She's seeing her son being nailed to the cross. You know, when we see our kids sick, You know, we're trying to do whatever we can for them. We see our kids fall off the bike. We go tend to them. But here is a moment where the mother cannot do nothing for the son. You know, I remember um, a while back we were at at the hospital, and um, they had to make the newborn cry. So that way, you know, breathing a little bit better. They had to like do a little suction to get out whatever was going on inside, and and so the nurse just grabs the baby and Austin does something behind him, and the baby starts why I crying. I was like, oh wow, the baby's gonna break, ma'am. Like, calm down, and 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 the mom, you can see the mom and 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 the brother looking at, at at the lady like with these eyes, like, hey, you need to chill out. That's my kid. But I mean. Imagine that. We already have that in us. So the mom, what she's feeling right there, when she's seeing her son being slaughtered on the cross, what do you think is going through her? What do you think she's feeling at that moment? There's nothing that she can do to help her son. She's feeling hopeless. Can only imagine. And we get to this part of the text in John chapter 19, verse 25. And this is what the word of the Lord says. But standing by the cross of Jesus was who? His mom. Kids, all the kids are in the house. When All hell breaks loose. Your homies ain't going to be around. Who's going to be there next to you? Your mom. Who's right here next to Jesus? Mom. You could see what's going on right here, right? All the disciples, they fled, man. They took off. They weren't even there. But the mom still stood strong. Regardless of everything that was going on, she was still by her son's side. That tells you something about her. And right there, standing by the cross of Jesus was his mother and his mother's sister. Latia, tía, ella andaba también, right? The Thea was nearby. And it says, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. Now, look at what happens next. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. Let me just pause for a moment. What situation did Jesus find himself in? He's nailed to the cross. He's done been beaten, he's bleeding, and all kind of stuff. The thorn of crowns had already pierced through, but the scripture is intentional about communicating something. That although he was nailed to the cross, there was still something that he was concerned about. His mom. He was concerned about his mom. Man, that hit me hard. As I was reading through, I'm like, man, Lord, like, in his darkest hour, when he was betrayed by his closest companions, Jesus was still concerned over his mom. Like, is this not a powerful expression of love? I began to really, really ponder on this. You see the mom's love for a son. Then you see the the love that, that, that Jesus has for his mom. In this very moment, the mom didn't have everything together. It was out of her control. What was taking place was out of her control. And there's plenty of times that as moms, you're trying to take control over what's taking place in your children's lives, and it weighs you down. It weighs you down. The mom's love for her children. No matter how difficult it was, Mary was there for her son, but Mary realized there was nothing she can do for her son. You see, mommies are not the superhero. It's Jesus who is the superhero. There's limitations that moms will have. And it is being able to see those limitations. Mommies were not meant to have it all together. You see, as a mom, you can live under these unrealistic expectations of yourself. But there's going to be a time where you cannot help your children. We know firsthand how that feels. There are sleepless nights where we're trying to do whatever we can in our power to change our kids, but we can't. And I'm telling you, if it weighs me down, now imagine my wife. But there will be circumstances that will be out of your control. But these circumstances will expose the chaos that's within your heart. Because you feel like everything is out of control. And that will begin to erupt. There will be moments where you will vent out. Where you will burst out. Where you will break down. Where you slash out at your children. Where you slash out at your husband. You will feel the weight and all of a sudden you begin to live in a guilt trip and you try to do whatever you can, but it is out of guilt because maybe I didn't do enough. Maybe if I would have gone the extra mile, this wouldn't have happened. I'm sure Mary was saying Maybe if I would have done this for my son, this wouldn't have happened. But Jesus had to die. Jesus had to be crucified. Now, one of the things that I see here is that right when all of this is taking place, verse 26 says that Jesus saw his mother. This is right before he finally breathes his last breath. This is right before he says, it is finished. Right before he says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. It is right before that, that Jesus sees his mother. From the sufferings of the cross, he looks to his mom Moms, today, let me remind you that Jesus knows what you are going through. In those moments that you feel that everything has gone out of your control, Jesus draws his eyes towards you. It is the eyes of our Savior, it is the eyes of Him who neither sleeps nor slumbers. It is the eyes of him who is Lord over all. It is the eyes of the Lord who keeps you, who has your life together. It is the eyes of Jesus who was set on his mom. And it is the eyes of Jesus who is set on you today. In the same way that you see Jesus' concern for his mom, it is in the same way that he draws his attention to you. And I'm telling you that the enemy will do everything in his power to eclipse that truth away from your heart. But Jesus tells his mom, woman, behold your son. Referring to the disciple that he loved. And he tells the disciple, behold your mom. He is entrusting his mom to the disciple. From that very hour, it says that the disciple took her into his own home. Mary was brought in. She was not left out there. To think that Jesus in his hour of suffering... This horrific execution, this unbearable pain still was paying attention to his mom. This selfless love to put the interest of others before his own. This is the Jesus that I'm telling you about today. In the midst of this darkest hour, Jesus' love pierces through that darkness. As he's saying and expressing to his mom, you will be taken care of. But I want you to see that it is from the cross that he's demonstrating this love, both from a physical standpoint and from a spiritual one. Because not only is Jesus preparing a home for her here on earth, but he was also preparing a home for her in heaven. Jesus was not only meeting her temporal needs, but she, he will soon meet her eternal needs. Follow with me in this. Because it is from the cross that Mary also would receive the forgiveness, would also receive eternal life. So as a mom, in your sufferings, moms, You cannot separate that from the cross of Jesus Christ. Jesus meets you where you are at, and you must see it through the cross. The cross will remind you of forgiveness, of rescue, of a Savior who took your place. In those moments of chaos, you will be tempted to believe the lies of the enemy, the pressures of your circumstances would lead you to easily feed on the lives of the enemy. Have you ever thought that you're not a good enough mom? Has that ever came through your mind? Those moments that maybe you screamed at your children and all of a sudden you feel bad because you screamed at your children. Or maybe those moments where Maybe you didn't help them with their homework, and now you're putting this weight of responsibility like, man, maybe, maybe I should have done more. Look, there's all kind of lies that the enemy will try to feed you, and your emotions become waves of discouragement. Sooner or later, you begin to run on the treadmill of performance. Maybe I need to try harder. Maybe I need to do better. And and all this time is guilt driving this. And you will feel the weight of those struggles. And then people will give you good advice. Maybe people will tell you, maybe you just need to read your Bible a little bit more. Maybe you need to pray a little bit more. And then you begin to say, Well, maybe I do need to do those things, but you don't understand after having stayed up with all my kids, fed my kids, and I'm still worried that they take a shower because if I don't tell my kids to take a shower, they probably won't, right? Amen? Can I hear an amen on that? But I'm still concerned for that. Now I got to make sure they're not fighting before they go to bed. And now they go to bed, and by this time, I'm exhausted. I barely have any strength to read the Bible. I barely have any strength to pray. So now I begin to try to pray and read my Bible, but I fall asleep. And I wake up feeling guilty. Any mamas in the house that ever struggled with that? You don't got to raise your hands. But you could feel the weight of that. The weight of trying to meet all these expectations And you run on empty and you begin to believe that you're not a good enough mom then. Maybe you're not a good enough Christian then. Maybe you're never going to be that kind of mom that your children need. Now follow with me. Because in this is where mommies, moms, And those who are planning to be moms later, I'm telling you, this is good news for you too. Because you need to be reminded of this good news. That in the same way that Mary needed a substitute, one who took her place, Mary needed... Jesus to hang on the cross to die for her sins and those who would believe in Christ. It is also important that you are reminded that you too have a substitute. You too have one who took your place. You too have one in Jesus Christ. That all your sins, all your failures, those times that you vented out, those times that you didn't meet your own expectations, you can list all the sins that you have committed and be reminded that Jesus died for all your sins. Jesus willingly took your place at the cross. Perfection was attained by Jesus for you. So you can rest from trying to be perfect for your kids, trying to be perfect for your spouse, trying to be perfect for everyone. You can run dry in trying to be perfect. There was one who was already perfect for you, and that is Jesus. There is freedom in that. Jesus, the perfect one who died for your imperfections. So in those moments of chaos, God is stripping away all your self-righteousness, all your plans, all your structures, everything that you try to put together that you find value in. If it is not Jesus, it is going to lead you to self-righteousness. It is good to have structure. It is good to have all these things in order. But if you find your value in that sooner or later it will lead you to pride or to despair. If you're doing good and keeping up with that, you're going to feel good about yourself and you're going to look down on others. But the moment that all of a sudden your kid doesn't go according to plan, guess what's going to happen to you? You're going to lead into despair. So as a mom... It is important that you see what God has provided for you. That God is working all things out for your good. You see, a to-do list can easily become a law to you. The expectations you place on yourself can become a law to you. The expectations that others place on you can become a law to you. If you are looking to it to find value and significance. And so, it is important then that you see the good news of the gospel. We'll give you a quick example with this. Let's say, mommies, mommies that are out there, moms, hear, hear me close. So, you wake up early in the morning every day before your kids get up to have a time of prayer reading your word. You wake up your kids every morning, get them ready, send them to school, prepare some food. And every day you're doing this. Friday comes around and you feel good about yourself because you've been having everything in order, everything organized. And, and you tell yourself Friday night, you know what, tomorrow I deserve to sleep in. I've been working hard. And so you go to bed thinking That in the morning, you're going to sleep in. So Saturday comes around. And all of a sudden, one of your little kids is already. Or are we the only ones that have kids like that? Do you have kids like that that just intrude into your time of of, of peace? And so all of a sudden, your first kid goes in there like, mom, mom, mom. You know, um, uh, the little sister's not, you know, doesn't leave me alone, and all kind of complaints are coming up. And all of a sudden, the other one storms in and jumps on the bed Said, says, no, Mom, he did it. And guess what's going on inside of your mind right now? Mm-hmm. you like, these kids right here? Uh-uh, I'm fixing to put a whooping on them. Because... They just invaded my quiet time, my rest time that I deserve. Who do these kids think they are? And all of a sudden you jump up and you slash out on them. You let them know. And all of a sudden, the kids run out of the room because they just woke up a monster, right? Roar, right? Kids, y'all know what I'm talking about, kids, right? No. no. And all of a sudden... You begin to feel bad because you just released it on your kids. You begin to feel like a bad mom. You begin to feel like a selfish mom. You begin to allow this to inform the way you feel. So you get up out of your deserved quiet time and you go to the kitchen. You say, all right, kids, come on. And you start cooking them some food. So as you're cooking them food and you're trying to prepare stuff, now you're trying to prove to your kids that you're not really a selfish mom, that you really didn't mean to blow up on them. And so now you're cooking out of guilt, though. Not out of joy, but out of guilt. And all of a sudden, your kids come back because they're not innocent little angels, right? They come back and they start yanking, mom, mom, mom. And like, oh, you begin to feel it again. All these kids They're ungrateful. They don't know how much I sacrificed for them. And all of a sudden, you're releasing it on them again. Now, mommies, hear me out. Look at what just happened. There's three different identities that you went through. Three different places that you were finding value in. The first one was a good mom. Do I hear an amen on that? And mamas, come on. Like, like, don't worry, next month we're going to be talking about daddies too. It's a reminder, okay, mamas? So, yeah, brother, Ed, Eddie, I see that, bro. <laughs> so, so follow with me because your first identity was on a good mom. And the good mom said, I deserve this time. So now you're finding your worth and your value in that. But when that wasn't met, all of a sudden you shifted to another identity. You felt like a bad mom. You began to believe that you're a bad mom because of the way you blew up on your kids. Then the next thing you're trying to do is find your value as a superhero mom, one that is not selfish, let me prove to my kids, but all this time you're finding value on something else that is not Jesus. This is what I'm referring to, the good news of the gospel. Your first identity is as a daughter of God. So whether you blew up or not, your value is in that. Not in how well you kept it, not whether you blew up or not, it is you are a daughter of God and nothing can change that. You follow with me? Nothing can change that, mommies. God loves you the same when he first saved you and today. Even in the moment that you blew up on your kid, the love of God is still for you. And in the moment that you're cooking for your kid out of guilt, the love of God is still for you. But this is what happens when you're in that kitchen. And you realize you're on this roller coaster ride. Remind yourself that God's love for you is the same there. And as you begin to remind yourself of the love of God, you're being reminded of your identity in Christ, that you are a daughter of the Most High God. And as you're reminded that you are loved by God, now your heart is set free. You can talk to your kids now, you know what, and apologize. You know what, mijo, mija, forgive me because earlier I almost put a whooping on you. <laughs> hey, but let me, let me tell you, mijo, mija, like what, what was going on? You see, if, I, if, if as a mommy you were not finding your identity and value in being a good mom, because that's what the world tells you. You have to be a good mom. You have to be a Christ-like mom to your kids. And Christ-like mom is telling you that you're a daughter of God. You don't have to strive to earn that position. It's been earned for you by Jesus. Amen? And so now as a daughter of the king, you can come before the throne of grace and be empowered by God to daily be dealing with the situations that you go through whether it be with anything in the house, with the children, with the spouse, with work, whatever demands are placed on you, your identity and worth is first as a daughter of God. Now, let us be reminded now of these gospel truths, these gospel promises. Turn with me to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, verse 19 through 20. And I, I'm going to give you a few verses, mamas, for you to jot down. I remember uh, uh, not too long ago, there was a there was someone that came up to me and said, you know what, I, I've looked through the Bible for ways of, of being, you know, this, this, like instructions to do this. But I, I want to learn promises of the gospel. Amen. That encouraged me a lot. Because... That's what you and I should labor in. We can first look to the Bible and see, you know, okay, this is what I need to do to be this kind of person, that kind of person. But what about, let's first believe the gospel. Let's first believe who we are in Jesus Christ. And then that will drive what we do as a follower of Jesus. And so this first passage is out of Romans Chapter 5, verse 19 and 20. And this is what the word of the Lord says there. Romans chapter 5, verse 19 and 20. This is first gospel promise to you. For as by the one man's disobedience, the the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. Now the law came to increase the trespass But where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. Mamas, what does it say? Let me hear, mamas, how many... Grace abounded all the more. You you hear what that's saying? That the grace for you abounds all the more. And it says, so that as sin reigned in death... Grace also might reign through righteousness leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The first gospel promise to you, family, is this. That the grace of God is not dependent upon you. Not whether you've been a good mom, bad mom, selfish mom, strict mom, all kinds of different moms that, that could be out there. First and foremost is that the grace abounds to you and your identity is as a daughter of the king. So grace abounds to you. Now, turn with me to chapter 9, 2 uh, uh, Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. When you're there, you can say amen. Amen. 2 Corinthians 9, 8, and it says, and God who is able to make what abound? Grace abound. Who is able to make grace abound? God. Not you, not how well you keep it together, not whether you keep it together under pressure. Not, it is not dependent on upon you it is dependent upon God it is God who is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times you may abound in every good work so who's going to move you for these good works the grace of God mommies moms You can, I'm telling you, you can be your greatest critic and you can be harsh on yourself. But let me tell you today, you've done a good job. God is still a sovereign God who is in control. And God is working all things out. And I'm telling you, that the salvation of our children is not dependent upon you, but upon a God who saves the dead, a God who resurrects the dead. That is what is dependent upon. Now, yes, we share the gospel. Yes, we try to sow the seed of the gospel, but we can't bend our hands to believe because only God can transform a dead heart. It is God who removes the heart of stone and put a heart of flesh. It is not us. We are not spiritual physicians. We can't do this heart surgery on our kids. We're going to harm them more than what we think we would. It is God who does that. So guess what we need to be doing is laboring more on our knees then. Crying out to the God who Changes dead hearts. Now, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 now. Chapter 12, verse 9 through 10. Now, again, moms. And uh, this is for anyone also, anyone else. Because look, as we look into these gospel promises, they apply to us all. So look at what it says here. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in what? Can it in what? It doesn't say in you having it all together. Follow with me. It doesn't say in you having a 10-point rules for your kids and they're going to keep it together. It doesn't say that whenever everything is in order in your home, it says in your weakness, mommies, moms, have you ever had seasons where you feel weak, where you feel vulnerable, where you feel that you can't, Have it together that you're trying to do everything in your power and nothing seems to be working. Have you ever felt that way? Well, it says here that in your weakness, the power of Christ is made perfect in you. Amen and hallelujah. Because it is in those moments that the grace of Christ is abounding in you. So confess that you are weak, that you can't do nothing. But God can do everything. What is impossible for man is possible for God. And so this is what we see today, moms, that the power of Christ rests upon you when you confess your weakness. When you confess your weakness. And it says this, for the sake of Christ, then I am content with weakness. Man, that's not the kind of world we live in today because you need to make sure you have it all together so what happens with the mom your kids are acting out and everything like so you try to put this this mask on in front of people that hey my kids are good and you know they're going crazy especially pastor's kids right man and you're trying to put this mask in front of people and i'm telling you it can become tiresome weary I don't want people to know man that my kids don't have it all together then what is it going to say about me as a mom maybe I didn't do a good job as a mom and you're doing all you can and you're beating yourself down and that night you can't sleep because like what did I do with my children and you can live under that guilt but let me tell you be set free in Jesus Christ because he draws to you in your place of weakness. He says, come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. That is God's invitation to you today. So moms, in whatever place of weakness you find yourself at, God meets you there. He is not waiting for you to get it all together because then you're not going to need him. You're going to say, come here, God, now I'm going to include you. No, in the messiness and brokenness that you're going through, he meets you there. He's not trying to wait for you to keep it together because he says it is he who is faithful, he who began a good work is faithful to complete it. He is faithful. It is because of him. His grace is abundant for you because of him, his character. And so now I finish with this. If you can turn with me to the Gospel of John, chapter 15. And the other day... Um, I was thinking, like, man, what what, what can I la- label the third point? And so, uh, I want to I want to thank uh, my spouse because she texts me and she says, "But how can I embrace this love?" And I'm like, man, so thank you, man, because you know we can talk about these are all the truths of the gospel. But how do you apply them when, when you don't feel like it in that moment where all hell is breaking loose? You don't feel like hearing anything else. You don't feel like hearing someone telling you, well, maybe you need to read your Bible more. Maybe you need to pray more. Maybe you need to do all these things more. You don't feel like hearing those. Mom's... Because I know we as men struggle with that. Right, guys? Like, man, who wants to be told what to do? Like, I got this. Man, Mom struggle with the same thing. And so this is, mom, there's this one truth I encourage you to allow this truth to saturate your heart, to marinate your heart with this truth. John chapter 15, verse 9. When you're there, you can say amen, amen. This is what it says. John 15, verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. Let, 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 let's, let, let's go ahead and, and dig into that passage. What is that one verse saying? It says, Just as the Father has loved me, let's talk about that kind of love. The Father loving the Son. God the Father loving God the Son. Is there any hindrance in that love? No. Is there any time that love stops? No. Is there any time that love gets tired? No. Is there anything that gets in the way of that love? No. That love is pure. That love is consistent. That love is inexhaustible. That love continues to pursue. That love is relentless. That love has no barriers. That love overcomes every barrier. That love doesn't count your sins against you. That love doesn't count your failures against you. That love continues to pursue you, mom. And this is what Jesus is saying to you today, Mom. It says, with the same kind of love that the Father has for me, I have for you. And he says, abide in that love. He doesn't say, work for that love. He doesn't say, try to get it all together so that you can receive that love. He says, abide in that love. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to produce the perfect kids. You don't have to have the perfect home. You don't have to be the perfect person. There was already someone that was perfect for you, and his name is Jesus Christ. And that is who you should look to. In the times where you're down and out, look to Jesus. In the times where you're flying high, look to Jesus. When everything is all together, look to Jesus When everything is falling apart, look to Jesus. Abide in his love. He's not saying your love for him. Because your love for him stops. Your love for him is hindered. Your love for him gets exhausted. Your love for him turns in different directions. Your love for him gets derailed. But he says abide in his love for you. So today, moms, before anything else, abide in the love of Christ. So how do you embrace this truth? Abide in the love of Christ. When your kids are not listening, when you've vented out on your kids, when you felt like everything's falling apart, abide in whose love? In his love. Because you're going to think that your kids don't love you, Right? You're going to think that your kids don't appreciate you, right? You're going to think that sometimes your spouse don't understand you because you're trying to do everything, right? There's going to be all kinds of things that are going to come against you. But in that hour, abide in his love. Don't think about nothing else but the love of Christ for you. Moms, today... I want to encourage you. You've done a great job. God is sovereign, and God saves our children on his time, not ours. We would want it to be right now, amen? Like, man, imagine all my kids at the front, like, praising the Lord. Oh, God, right? But I can trust in a God who is sovereign. To do that. So let me encourage you today, Mom. Abide in the love that God has for you. Let's bow our heads.